The following podcast is a production of Mosaic in Whittier, California, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org. Hey, good morning. Uh, welcome to Mosaic Whittier and our, um, our alley, our fluid community. Um, if this is your first time, uh, awesome. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. We hope you uh, meet some incredible people along the way as well. Today we're actually going to um, continue. Uh, it, well, really, it's an exciting day because we're going to complete a quest, a quest that we've been on for nine weeks now. Yeah, for some of you, it, it might seem like longer, much, much, much longer. No, but this has been an amazing quest, and it, it was really a trilogy. There's three parts to it. The, the first part was uh, this quest for enlightenment, and then we were on this quest for nobility. And, and I forgot that in the first service, and I sat up here just with a blank stare on my face. I was on the quest for memory, and I'm still on that. The quest for nobility. And then thirdly, we were on the quest for honor. And so the last three weeks, we've been talking about um, humility, and then we talked about integrity. And, and today, we kind of close off this last section as well as the overarching section with the topic of courage. I, I know that I was not born courageous. As a matter of fact, let me tell you up front that um, I'm actually a coward. And the truth is that at the end of this quest, our, our destination, our destination is actually to live a life that is defined for courage. And I'll, I'll say it again, that our, our destination is to live a life that is defined for courage. And, and, and catch maybe what I didn't say. What I didn't say is that we're to be defined by courage. We're to be defined for courage. And it's subtle, but there's a difference. Because for, it has this, um, this aura of a process. It, it, it's a, a process that you go through. And, and maybe to understand it a little bit better is that the life that you live will actually become the definition for Courage. That your courageous life will become a definition of courage. That you don't live out a life that is defined by somebody else, but you emulate what it is to live a courageous life. And, and so some of you might be saying, well, I'm just not cut out to be a hero. And if you're telling yourself that, well, you're right. You're not. And neither am I. But thankfully, we don't have to be cut out to be heroes but we can actually become heroes. Would you guys pray with me? Father God, I, I thank you. I thank you for today, for the, the air that surrounds us and the breath that is in our lungs. I thank you for your voice that reverberates in our soul and, and speaks to the very depths of us. I thank you that you have brought us here together as a community based on love and faith and hope. And what I pray, Lord, is that my words would not get in the way of what you want to tell these people today, but that you would actually speak directly into their souls. We thank you that you have virtues and character, and you've shown us what those are. And you've shown us what humility is and what it looks like and what it is to be filled with life of integrity. And today we ask that you would um, show us 
what a life of courage looks like so that we can step into this moment and begin the process of living a courageous life. We thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So you weren't cut out to be a hero, and nor was I. And, and I, I mentioned that I wasn't born a courageous person. And, and really, I don't think that any of us were. None of us come out of the womb just this courageous, sloppy mess. But it's actually a, a process. It's a journey. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at humility and how humility is putting yourself lower than others so that you can actually lift others up. And then we looked at integrity and duplicity, how integrity is this wholeness and duplicity is this fragmentation. And then today we look at courage, but there's something that kind of goes along with courage as well, and that's fear. And unlike maybe humility and pride, which are like oil and water, they don't mix. Or like integrity and duplicity, which don't mix. Fear and courage are a little bit different. See, they're actually intertwined. They have a, a relationship together. I, I think maybe if I was going to um, associate myself with a character, I would have to say it would be the Cowardly Lion from The Wizard of Oz. Here was this lion, and, and the lion is supposed to be this this ultimate symbol of courage and heart, the king of the jungle. And in Wizard of Oz, we see this cowardly lion who is in search for a heart. Because, see, the, the lion thinks that if the lion could only get a heart, then he would have courage. But he, he was surrounded and he lived in a life of fear. And this, this fear made him feel inadequate. And so his search was for a heart so therefore he can have courage, which would wipe out the fear. But the, what the lion didn't realize is that there's actually a relationship between the two, between fear and courage. And today we're going to take a look at someone in Scripture who is known as a courageous, courageous man. But before we get there, I, I think what we need to understand maybe is that the lion who was in search for a heart, it wasn't on accident that they had this cowardly lion searching for a heart. See, what's interesting is that uh, the word courage comes from the Latin word cor, C-O-R. And, and that word means heart. So at the, at the very core of courage is the word heart. And, and this is something that the lion picked up on. He realized, well, maybe if I have a heart, I'll have courage. So the lion's looking for this heart. And the other thing is that both fear and courage are actually expressions of the heart. That when you act in fear or you act in courage, it's actually just an outworking, an expression of who you are at your core. And I think sometimes we can actually come across as, well, courageous people. People who maybe have it all together. When the reality of it is that what we've been able to do is we've been able to manage our challenges. We've been able to maybe minimize our risk. And through minimizing our risk, we've kind of set this groove. And we've fallen into this groove and we're protecting ourselves on each side. And we appear to be courageous, but the truth is that we just don't put ourselves where risk might be. And see, fear, fear is going to set the course. 
Fear is actually that which chisels out the groove that you fall into. And it's fear that will guide you and motivate you. See, and like the, the lion who was surrounded and encompassed with fear, and that fear led to a feeling of being inadequate. See, I think where the lion went wrong is that he thought if he had heart, that he would have courage, and that, that courage would wipe out all of his fear, but that's not the case. The lion already had a heart. It's just the expression of his heart was fear. When what he was looking for was an expression of courage. And so today we're going to take a look at, well, how can we maybe begin to have this heart full of courage and live courageous lives? See, because faith, for those of you who have stepped into this relationship with Christ and have begun this journey and say that you have this faith, well, the truth is that faith and risk are inseparable. And and I say that because God will always call us to something bigger than ourselves. See, when you're the big kid on campus, it's easy to bully everybody else. But then all of a sudden, somebody bigger than you comes into the picture. And there's fear. And so when God calls us to something that's bigger than ourselves, naturally, there's going to be fear. But what we're going to learn today is that we can change that fear and we don't have to allow the fear to set our course. See, God gives us great, great, great dreams. But they require great courage. I think maybe a a cursory look at this book, through this book and at the characters that are in it, we can come to the conclusion that it's full of courageous men and women People who are just born to lead, people who are born to excel. They have these strengths and these gifts that were just given to them, and then they're put in these situations where they flourish. But the reality is that if we actually look a little deeper at each character, we'll find that this is a book full of cowards, not courageous people. Adam and Eve hid, Abraham lied. Moses, well, he ran. Esther, she was uncertain. Elijah contemplated suicide. Peter denied. John the Baptist doubted. All these people did not start from a position of courage. They were cowards. But the amazing thing that we discover in this book is that God actually transforms the coward into a courageous life. And so if you're like me and you're also a coward and you seek to become this courageous person, then today we're going to learn and discover maybe the first step that we can take. In in Scripture, whenever we see angels approach human beings, what's the first thing they tell them? Fear not. Don't be afraid. Whenever... These angels show up, however they looked, they said, fear not. The, the apostles in Acts, when they were being persecuted, they came back and they prayed for boldness. They prayed for courage. And well, why would you pray for those things? 
except that you were afraid. So what we discover is that, again, fear, we won't ever truly eliminate fear. But we don't have to allow fear to guide us and to set our course and to chisel out this groove that we can't get out of. There's, there's some of you here who know the Hebrew word ruach. And I'm looking at you in the back. I say that because there's a band here and that's their name, ruach. Some of you know this word. And this word ruach, it's actually very cool. The, the New Testament word for that is pneuma. And what this word means is spirit or wind, even breath. But it also means courage. And so with that, I want to take a look at a verse in Ephesians. It's Ephesians 5.18, and we're going to look at this idea of spirit, ruach. Again, Ephesians 5.18. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. And say, I think oftentimes that we translate this verse to mean, be filled with the power of God. But what good is the power of God if you don't have the courage to use it? So, so maybe what Paul is trying to tell us here is be filled with courage. And if we look at the verse in that context, then the part that precedes it, where he says, do not be filled with wine, which leads to debauchery. It maybe takes on a different meaning. See, because oftentimes this fear that encompasses us, that makes us feel inadequate, we just can't live with ourselves, so we have to medicate. We have to intoxicate to cover that up. And maybe what Paul is saying is, you don't have to cover that up anymore, but you can be filled with courage. So much more meaningful in that context. The meat of what we're going to look at today is this one character who many, many people have named their new sons after. It's a courageous man. Many people say that this is their favorite character in Scripture. He's a man of courage, man of integrity. But today we're going to see his humble beginnings and actually where he started. This man is Joshua. So if you turn to Joshua chapter 1, and then once you get there to Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to have you turn back one page to Deuteronomy 34. I'm going to read verse 10. And on, and this will give us a little bit of context. Since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses. So here they're speaking of the death of Moses and looking back on who he was as a man. Whom, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all of his officials and to the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So we see that there's this character, Moses, who was commissioned to lead the people of God. And we see that he had this face-to-face -face communication with God. And he had this amazing power that was God-given. He is the ultimate man in this culture. And then we step over to Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. 
to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave nor forsake you. So here, it's the first time that God has communicated with Joshua. He's been talking to Moses only. And, and here he's been told that he is going to be called to do what Moses couldn't. Moses couldn't lead the people into the promised land. And here God says, Joshua, you're going to do it. But Joshua knows who Moses was. And he says, whoa, I have to accomplish a task that he wasn't able to. Imagine the, the weight and the pressure that fell on his shoulders at this moment. Verse 6. God continues this conversation with Joshua and he tells him, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right nor to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I think just from reading this one time, there are some, some words that really pop off the page at us. And it's a phrase that's repeated three times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. And I think that maybe this was the Achilles heel for Joshua. That God knew exactly what he needed to hear. And what do we do oftentimes when we want somebody to get the point? We repeat it. What do we do when we want someone to get the point? We repeat it. I won't do it again. So here God is repeating to Joshua, listen, be strong and courageous. I know you're afraid. I know this is a big thing that I'm asking of you. But I want you to be strong and courageous. And it's interesting that in verse 3 it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. See, God made a promise and he would fulfill that promise, but... It was a two-sided contract. God said, I will never leave you and forsake you. And for Joshua, his side of the contract was to be strong and courageous. See, God said, you will have conquest, but you will not have tranquility. I promise that you will wipe out these people, but you have to do the work. Joshua, I will go with you, but... I won't go for you. Wouldn't it have been nice for Joshua if God just said, hey, listen, I want you guys to stay here, camp out, just hang out for a bit. I'm going to go into the land and I'm going to wipe everybody out. I'll make sure everything is ready and prepared for you and the, everything's good to go. And then I'll come back and I'll get you and you guys can come into the land. Would have been nice, right? But that's not what God did. God said, Joshua, I'm calling you to do this task for me. And what I promise is that I will be there with you. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. And, and I think that 
what God is calling Joshua to is more than this moment of courage. What God is calling Joshua to is this, this courageous life. So maybe we need to make the distinction between momentary courage and moral courage. See, momentary courage is that, that energy that you get that actually causes you to run into a burning building to save a child. Both are important. Momentary courage and moral courage. But moral courage is much, much more profound. If momentary courage is the energy to do something, to act in that instance, moral courage is actually what motivates you to have a life that should be emulated. And what what God is calling Joshua to here is be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous, be strong and courageous, because what I want you to do is to live a life of courage. Because the task I call you to is not over instantaneously, but it's actually an entire life that I call you to. I call you to act on my behalf, and it won't be easy. You actually have to put one foot in front of the other, but... Joshua, I promise I will be there. And, and I love the, the, the Hebrew for be strong. It actually means to, to fasten yourself to something. Isn't that great imagery? Be strong, fasten yourself to something. And really what it's trying to communicate is to grab on to what's true, grab on to what's right, and don't let go. It's the tenacious part of courage. Our strength is actually found by holding on to something else. And for Joshua, verse 7 through 9, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right nor to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous. And successful. And I, I think what, what God is telling Joshua here is listen, I'm asking you to be strong. I'm asking you to hold on to something. And what I'm asking you to hold on to is truth. And for Joshua, this truth is found right here. See, I think oftentimes we say, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what God's, God's will is for me. When in actuality, and I've said it too, I think that's just an excuse to stay idle to live a stagnant life. Because see, everything that we need to know is right here. The information is here. And and see, your future and my future doesn't depend on revelation. We don't need more information to live this amazing and courageous life. It's actually obedience. It's looking at what we find in Scripture and then obeying it. See, when you come into a situation where you know that telling the truth will probably get you in trouble and that it's the difficult thing to do, well, you know not to lie. When your spouse is totally ignoring you and this other person is showing you attention and what seems like love, well, you know not to cheat. See, we know what to do. I think oftentimes when we say, well, I just don't know what God's will is. I don't know what to do in this situation. It's just that we don't do what we know. God gives us big 
big, big dreams. And, and I think sometimes we want to cut corners and we want to accomplish these dreams without God's character. And see, that's never going to happen. We can't accomplish God's dreams for us without God's character. But as we discovered last week, when we were made, God actually breathed life into us. He breathed his character into us. So we know that it's possible to live out these God-given dreams. And the information for us is right here. And I think this repetition, be strong and courageous three times, God is also trying to communicate an urgency. Maybe there's a speed to it. He's saying, Joshua, not only do I want you to hold on to the truth and let that guide you, let that be your compass, but I want you to pursue it with passion. Go after it. When you find truth and you grab onto it, put everything into it because it will excel you forward. And so this gives us this idea that there's actually this speed to courage. And what it does is it speeds up time. It brings the future closer to us. See, when the Israelites were wandering the desert and Moses was given the job to bring them into the promised land, he sent out scouts and they came back with a report and they said, the land is wonderful, but there are people there and we shouldn't go in because they're fierce. And so 10 of the 12 convinced the people that they should be afraid. And so the people were afraid. And what happened was they had to wait 40 years, a whole generation before they would actually get into that land when they could have seized the moment and been courageous and been in the promised land. So see, being courageous actually brings the future closer to us. We step into those moments that don't put the future off. And in some cases, maybe they pass us by. But when we act in courage, we actually step into that future. See, crisis, it rarely affords us the luxury of time. For instance, I think we can all maybe resonate with this as firefighters. These guys put their lives on the line every time they step into a burning building. And they have to act quickly and be courageous. And, and I think maybe if you or I were put in that situation and we had to act in a moment, we would probably die. See, because we don't have the information or the experience at hand. And so they studied these firemen and they wanted to find out why is it that they can act so quickly and almost always what they do is the right thing. And so they studied them and what they discovered was that they're actually not making a decision at all. See, they don't have a list of possibilities that enter their mind. Whatever comes to their head first, that's what they do. So they don't have to think about, well, if I do this, this will happen. If I do this, this will happen. But it's instantaneous. It's what we call an instinct. See, they have the right information and experience at hand so that their instincts can actually propel them into courage. We too have the right information. And we too can have the right experience. If we would only, like Joshua, meditate on it day and night, get to know it, live it, hold on to it with everything you've got. 
Because then it will become instinct. And because then you'll be able to live a courageous life. See, God won't save you from the fire. He's actually going to toss you in. Well, I thought God loved me. Why would he throw me into the fire? Because like I said, God always calls us to something bigger than ourselves. He throws us into the fire and he says, you need to do the work, but I will be right there with you. I throw you into the fire, but I go into the fire with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. See, oftentimes, like the lion, I think we think um, that courage is the absence of fear, but courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is actually the absence of self. And we talked about humility and how the focus is on others. And integrity, how it's this whole life. And that courage is actually birthed out of integrity. But see, courage doesn't wipe out our fear. I know sometimes I've acted and it maybe looked courageous, but it was actually just me acting out of fear. For Joshua, who, when it came to that point where he actually had everybody behind him and he stepped into this land, you better believe he had some fear. See, the difference, though, is that he didn't allow the fear to control him. He didn't allow the fear to set his course. And and last week we talked about how God tells us to fear him. And that when we fear God, it actually frees us from all of our other fears. How this fear of God isn't binding, but it's freeing. And it allows us to do things that are bigger than us. Because we're not bound by fear. In uh, Philippians 1.21, we're told that to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we can apply that to fear and courage. If we would only die to our fear, we could then begin to live in courage. And, and to close, when Moses was leading the people to the promised land, he sent out 12 people into the land to scout it out. So they were there for 40 days and they looked at the land and checked everything out. They saw the people and they came back to give a report. And what they said was, man, this land is amazing. It's everything and more that, that God has been telling us. It's flowing with milk and honey. But, the big but, they say there are people there who are ferocious. We look like grasshoppers compared to these people. There is no way, no way that we can defeat them. And there were 10 of them that gave this report, but there were actually two that saw it a little bit differently. They say, listen, God has given us this land. He has promised us. God will be with us. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. But see, it was too late. That fear already gripped the people. And see, what they chose was existence rather than life. And the same question is asked of us. And the same situation will come up where we are going to have to decide, do we just want to settle for existence? Or do we want to truly live? Let me ask that you guys close your eyes for a moment. Bow your head. We've been on this 
this journey. And really at the end of this journey, it's a, it's a look inside of our souls at our character. And we have to make the decision, do we want to change what we see inside or do we want to stay as is? And for some of you, you've been processing this quest and you've been asking questions of yourself. And, and maybe now you're, you're saying, I want to know more. I want to understand what it is to, to live courageous life. So what I ask is that while everybody else is bowing their heads with their eyes closed, that you would just look up at me for a moment, make eye eye contact. If you've been thinking, I've begun to step into this experience with uh, Jesus. It's still a mystery to me and I'm unsure. But there's something that is just pulling me in and it feels so right. And you think that you want to make that commitment. Just look up at me for a moment. Make eye contact. For those of you, I'm going to be up to your left in the front after we're all said and done. Come up and see me and talk to me. And if maybe that's a little bit too much, what I ask is that you would just send me an email. Corey, C-O-R-Y at mosaic.org. And we can meet up somewhere else. But maybe, just maybe, this is the first step into entering into that courageous life. Father God, we thank you. Because you first loved us. Because you didn't allow any boundary or obstacle to get in your way of connecting to us that you actually performed the greatest act of love in sacrificing yourself on our behalf. And we thank you for that. We thank you that we serve a God who is humble and full of integrity and courageous. And that that God not only created us, but instilled those virtues into our very soul. And if we would only connect to you once again, then we can begin to live a life that emulates who you are. So, Father, we thank you for your words that are found in Scripture and the information that's given us, the truth that we can hold on to and allow it to be our compass. Father, I pray for those who are beginning to ask questions. For those who have been struggling with this sense of mystery and even a sense of inadequacy. I pray that you would make it clear to them that they no longer have to live alone. That they no longer have to carry the weight of this world on their shoulders, but they can actually hold on to you that you will carry them, that you will never leave them or forsake them. That yes, they're going to have to do some heavy lifting, but you will be there the whole time. So Lord, we thank you for your love that showers us. We pray that it would consume our life and that it would flow out into our relationships with others. We thank you 
And we pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this production by Mosaic Whittier, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org.